Viewpoint, weekdays, 8 to 10 p.m. on SAFM. The Viewpoint. Weekdays, 8 to 10 p.m. Songhez on The Viewpoint. After they took I From the bottomless pit But my hand was made strong By the hand of the Almighty We forward in this generation Triumphantly Won't you help to sing these songs of freedom Cause all I ever have Redemption songs Redemption songs Emancipate yourselves from mental slavery None but ourselves can free our minds Have no fear for atomic energy Cause none of them can stop the time How long shall they kill our prophets While we stand aside and look Some say it's just a part of it We've got to fulfill the book Won't you help to sing These songs of freedom Cause all I ever have Redemption songs Redemption songs Redemption songs Yourselves from mental slavery, none but ourselves can free our mind. Oh, have no fear for atomic energy, cause none of them cannot stop at the time. How long shall they kill our prophets? While we stand aside and look, yes, some say it's just a part of it. We've got to fulfill the book Won't you help to sing These songs of freedom Cause all I ever had Redemption songs All I ever had Redemption songs Songs of freedom Songs of freedom
Redemption song by Bob Marley. Good evening, South Africans. This is the first day of July 2019, official opening of the tax season, and we'll be joined very, very soon by the Commissioner himself, Mr. Kieswetter, the Commissioner for the South African Revenue Services. Later this evening as well, we shall be joined by Ms. Zikona Miso, who is currently in Massachusetts on a Mandela Washington Fellowship, and she's going to tell us about the journey, eventful one it was, in getting there and how she has settled, and more importantly, what it is that she's taking to America and flying the flag high on behalf of South Africa. She's one of 46 fellows in the South African contingent in the one Mandela Washington Fellowship cohort of 2019. And then finally, we are joined by Ms. Yolandi, Henning, who is a psychologist, talking to us about the psychological effects, more specifically the post-traumatic stress disorder that is suffered by rape survivors. So it's going to be a bumper edition all in one show, 1 July 2019. But before we do any of that, we have to take an ad break. Stay tuned. The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. Good evening, Songa Zumabetze here, fellow South Africans. This is the Viewpoint, hashtag SAFM Viewpoint at SAFM Radio at Songa Zumabetze. We're taking your calls as always on 0891-104-107 on anything you want to talk to us about, but ideally in line with the topic and the guest that we have. And the first guest that we'll have this evening is Mr. Edward Kieswetter, who is the Commissioner at the South African Revenue Services. It's tax season 2019. We're talking about the ins and outs, the online services portal, the walk-in clients and the facilities that are on offer there and the experience you should expect. The rationale more broadly in terms of paying taxes and why it's a very important feature, especially as an institution that supports our democracy. And we talk about the crimes that can happen pursuant to the tax framework, money laundering and related corruption. Does it not create a despondency among taxpayers? These are some of the questions that we have, and of course, many more that I'm sure you have at home. And on the line, I understand, at 11 minutes past 20 hours, this is the first day of July, the official opening of the tax season, we are joined by Mr. Edward Kieswetter. Mr. Commissioner, good evening. It's also the first day of my third month. <laughs> How are you, Mr. Commissioner? First day of your third month and all? We are soldiering along together. Um, obviously, the first two months I've absorbed uh, the lived reality and experiences on the ground at SARS. Um, and really, um, today, make an appeal to all taxpayers uh, to come into the net, as most honest taxpayers do, um, as we take on uh, many of the challenges that, uh, sadly, is the result of the last five years. Do you want to tell us more about the last five years? Well, if those of uh, our listeners and I'm sure yourself have uh, by now read the Nugent report, uh, which accurately describes that uh, since 2014, uh, under the leadership of the then commissioner, um, there was a massive breakdown and failure in governance, deliberately engineered uh, to serve a narrow purpose. Uh, there was the hollowing out of capability, dismantling of institutions um, like the large business center and high net worth individual units, uh, the uh, capability to uh, pursue uh, the illicit economy, and other important structures and spas have been dismantled uh, uh, and diluted, in fact. And then there's also been the marginalization uh, of um, important uh, and capable staff into 
sidelined really into roles that were meaningless, and in many cases they weren't given new roles. Um, and then uh, throughout the organization, a significant and steady decline in trust between leadership and our staff, uh, and, and a decline in uh, morale. So really, the organization um, is in significant need of rebuilding and repair, uh, which starts with building confidence and trust in the leadership, um, rebuilding the capability, uh, addressing the technology issues that uh, makes us able to be connected and plugged into the economy and to manage our compliance mandate, and then also the important work of rebuilding confidence uh, in the South African public, because without their confidence, uh, tax morality declines, and um, with that, compliance levels drop and revenue levels drop. And in a struggling economy such as ours, all of that have a compounding effect on the ability of government to have the resources to build a capable state. It doesn't sound like from what you've just articulated that your base could get any lower in terms of how to build a really decayed and decrepit institution. In other words, what I'm saying is this is as poor a, a facility as you can inherit of SARS, and well, there's only one-way traffic from here, and that's up and forward. Well, and today we, we make a confident announcement of the additional use of technology um, to better serve taxpayers because we believe that they are, most taxpayers are honest and want to fulfill their obligations. And for those taxpayers, we want to make it easy, uh, whilst at the same time, we want to make it hard for taxpayers who try to cheat the revenue service uh, by fraudulent disclosures and inaccurate uh, filing, uh, or in many cases, not filing the returns to make sure that uh, we can address that and, and uh, hold them to account. Um, I'm also encouraged, though, Sangeva, that there are thousands of honest, hardworking men and women who remain resolute throughout this period. And for them, they embrace the new leadership uh, and commit themselves to honest work driven by a sense of higher purpose. And we've also been able to step up our effort uh, to work um, at updating our technology platform, um, our ability to, in, to engage and use uh, big data from multiple sources um, and to interrogate that data through sophisticated risk engines um, to help us manage uh, risk and to detect non-compliance. So we are hard at work to restore that capability uh, and I'm confident that with the men and women we have at SARS uh, that this journey has, uh, which is going to be a hard and arduous journey uh, that will take many, many months if not years but the journey of rebuilding SARS has begun. I'm sympathetic to your cause in that you really want to talk to the work of the institution and its value to society. But I think before we can even get to that point, we probably need to just spend a bit of time talking about the credibility of the institution as you have inherited. You have articulated sort of the status in which it was, particularly referring to the previous administration since 2014, nonetheless. And, of course, Mr. Kingon came in just to sort of steady the ship from the treacherous waters it had been. Do you want to pay some moments in terms of just having a word of and to your colleague who at least tried to stymie the bleeding, if you will, that was taking place before him? Yes, and I have publicly acknowledged the role that Mark Kingon has played 
uh, to at least, as you as you uh, point out, uh, to stay the um, uh, the negative trend and to begin to slowly uh, um, direct, in as far as the big shift, direct the co- the and re correct the course of this uh, big shift called South. Um, but along with him, also many uh, other uh, competent managers who had previously been marginalized have been re-energized to be part of the capability of rebuilding files. Um, and so, uh, in earnest, that work can now continue uh, mm. with the hope of accelerating that uh, in order for us to deliver on our mandate. Sure. Talking about your mandate, it obviously wouldn't have helped your cause when you have a prominent politician from the Western Cape who actually actively advocates for a tax revolt. I mean, that is quite irresponsible, wouldn't you say? Absolutely irresponsible. Um, and particularly a party who is in government um, um, in, in uh, many of our big metropolitan areas as well as uh, the provincial uh, area of the Western Cape. For, for government and uh, political leaders to begin to advocate to revolt, in my view, is just simply irresponsible. Um, we should rather work together to address the inefficiency in our system, uh, as we are doing at SARS and many others uh, elsewhere in government. Uh, so yes, I agree with you, it's totally irresponsible. Let's talk now in terms of winning the public over, because that is quite necessary. The public couldn't have been won over by that irresponsible statement. The public couldn't have been won over by the Nugent Report and what it tells of the status of the institution, especially at the head, and the political climate that made for such a climate, if you will. You are now new, three months into the job, day one of your third month, and the tax season is upon us now. Irrespective of what citizens think, they still have a constitutional obligation to pay the taxes for the better and efficient running of the country so that services and goods can be delivered to people, more especially those who are marginalized and who rely on the publicly funded tax base for government services to operate. How then do we move from this premise that you have articulated for the best part of this conversation so far to getting fidelity to the rule of law as it pertains to tax? So public confidence is built in many small steps, not one big step. Um, So internally, um, to realign our staff, to commit to professional behavior, uh, and to act without fear, favor, and prejudice. Secondly, to equip them with the right tools. And what we've announced today in terms of the new filing season, uh, you will see we make quite a significant uh, um, uh, uh, encouragement to reach out to taxpayers to use um, the online filing capability that we have provided. This year, we've done a few changes which I can quickly run through. Please. Because it's about creating a positive experience for taxpayers that will begin to rebuild some of their confidence as well. Sure, go so for it. So firstly, we have um, introduced a enhanced uh, version of our online filing, uh, uh, known as e-filing. But to that also an enhanced capability in our mobile app, and I would hope, Sangeza, mm-hmm. that you'll be one of those um, <laughs> futuristic taxpayers who will download the app uh, before you sleep tonight. You've not already done that. Um, and it's really an efficient way to fulfill your obligation because we are guided by um, our thesis that most people are honest and want to fulfill that obligation, and for them, we want to make it easy. What's the name of the um, app so that we can punt it right now? It's called Mobi App. If you go onto 
the Apple iStore if you're an, uh, an mm-hmm. iPhone or iPad user, or if you use Google to the Google Play Store uh, to get uh, the version. So it's available on most standard smartphones, um, and it's available for free. Uh, and if you don't have data, come to our office tomorrow. We'll give you free Wi-Fi. We'll assist you to convert you uh, to a disciple of e-filing. Um, from the ex- we've had some breaches today because we really had an overwhelming response that surprised uh, all of us. Uh, I can give you a quick sense that today up until at, at 5 o'clock this afternoon, we've already had over 222,000 uh, taxpayers who have logged on. Um, as uh, as electronic filers, um, old or new, of them about 112,000 have already called for the um, pre-populated form, and about 80% of them have already submitted the return. So Brilliant. whilst we have had breaches, which we attend to all the time, uh, we've still had an overwhelming positive response today, and we're really encouraged by that. But let me tell you what sure. sits behind that. Mm-hmm. Behind that sits. Um, um, a sophisticated uh, uh, data set. We are able to collect um, a lot of third-party data from employers, from banks, from insurers, uh, from medical aid companies. Uh, We correlate our register with the population register and the company register. And increasingly, we draw from the universe of data to ensure that SARS has a rich data set um, against which we can then compare uh, declarations and disclosures by taxpayers. Yes. On top of that data set, sophisticated um, profiling tools, risk tools, uh, so that we are able to do um, very quick assessment of the submissions that taxpayer gives us, and that allows us to give certainty to taxpayers very quickly. Last year, 92% of about 5.8 million uh, uh, people who submitted returns uh, would have received um, an assessment from us within 24 hours. In fact, um, it will take you about three minutes, three to five minutes uh, on Mobi app. You'd be able to register as an e-filer. You can call for your tax return, which we would then have pre-populated. You can peruse it if you're happy with it. Um, you can simply submit it. Before you submit it, if you want to really get some comfort, you can do a calculation. There's a tax calculator will tell you what the assessment is likely to be. Um, if you needed to share more information with us, you can take a photograph. Or you, can, you can upload a document very easily and submit that to us. If you've forgotten your password, uh, we use a very secure, uh, well-tried and tested protocol of one-time pin uh, um, SMS messages to give you the ability to reset your password, and to really enhance it in order to give a, a, a very, very simple, easy, and effective service to taxpayers. And over the next month, hopefully more and more of those taxpayers will experience that. And we encourage taxpayers in the first month, in the staggered date, uh, to come forward and we will help them uh, to convert um, as e-filers by helping them download the app onto their smartphones. Uh, We have people in our offices who will assist. On the 1st of August then, those people, not you and me, because we have moved on into the future world, but those people (laughs) who insist still to do their their filing manually, they can come in 
bring their paper with them and we'll help them file. Um, and that will be from the 1st of August to the 31st of October. Now, what we've also done uh, is we've increased the threshold for those taxpayers who are not required to file. Remember, most taxpayers would already have uh, paid uh, their taxes via the monthly deductions from the employers. Yes. And so tax filing season is really the reconciliation of monies that you are due, monies that you have already paid, and we reconcile the difference. Um, and so to make it easier, we have increased the threshold from 350,000 uh, to 500,000 rand a year. And that really, you can imagine, will include a large base of taxpayers who earn less than um, 500,000 rand a year, provided that they have a single employer, earn a very straightforward salary without complicated uh, deductions or additions, um, and uh, have no additional income, other sources of income to declare, and mm. no additional deductions like medical aid and other uh, retirement annuities that they need to deduct. For them, we say, you don't have to submit a return. We will send you an SMS um, and we'll tell you what uh, we think your assessment would be had you submit a return. And if you're happy with that, you can simply accept it. Uh, we do all of that uh, to balance effective and efficient service on the one hand uh, by rerouting uh, people, the majority of taxpayers, to our online channel, reducing the flow to our branches, to be able to really attend to them more effectively. Um, and behind that, um, technology allows us to do the assessment more efficiently, but also to detect non-compliance um, more accurately. Uh, if you had listened to our announcement this morning, you would have heard me say that we still see uh, trends of non-compliance, uh, large numbers of taxpayers who do not submit their returns or submit it late, We've had to prosecute people in that regard, um, and, and, and some people have been convicted. Uh, some taxpayers still take a chance and um, uh, reduce their income or under-declare their income and overstate their expenses. Um, and those are some of the non-compliances that uh, uh, will cause you to be delayed uh, and be directed for audits um, and appropriately dealt with. Uh, through the legal instruments and penalties and even criminal prosecutions that is available for us. Because of these efforts, last year we were able to stop uh, over 8 billion rand of fraudulent uh, uh, re refund attempts. Um, and this year we will redouble that effort uh, to make sure that even more of that non-compliance is detected and dealt with. Hold that thought, Mr. Edward Keyswet of the Commission of SARS. We have to take a quick ad break. For those who have just joined, we're in conversation with the Commissioner himself, Mr. Edward Keyswetter, talking to us about the opening of the filing season, at least online, before we go to the manual, and hopefully the less there, the better in August later this year. Keep the lines open, please. 891 Give us a call. Have a conversation with the Commissioner of SARS. He will be with us for another 15 minutes. Let's take, for now, a quick ad break. The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. on the viewpoint. Greetings to you, Alfia Singawane, who is from around here in Pretoria. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate your time and your joining us. We are in 
joined in studio by Mr. Edward Kieswetter on the line, I beg your pardon, the SARS Commissioner, 891 Any comments, any questions on anything that he has said or anything that he is probably yet to say but has not yet said, he is yet taking your calls. We have another 15 minutes or so with him. Mr. Commissioner, you're talking about the interventions that have been made, specifically those that are technological, and that is great because you are in a way responding to the fourth industrial revolution. But you touched on something like fraud just very recently, and that's a real threat to the institution as it is to democracy. And perhaps people don't understand in what form the threat is and how it threatens the sovereignty of a nation. Can we talk about those who evade tax as opposed to avoiding tax and the problem that they cause downstream for the national integrity of a country, but also in terms of just destabilizing everything that is to do with South Africa? Well, I think just to clarify the difference between evasion and avoidance. Avoidance is to minimize legally or lawfully the obligation for tax um, and to arrange your affairs in a way that um, ensures that you pay the right amount of taxes. Evasion is actually a criminal offense because it is woefully or fraudulently misrepresenting uh, your information, either, as I said, the structure of your affairs, uh, the nature of your income, uh, the quantum of your income, um, and in a number of ways uh, trying to minimize uh, your true income um, and then also to create fictitious uh, forms of expenditure um, and, and, and especially large corporates and wealthy individuals have the resources to engage um, expensive advice uh, to construct very convoluted and complex structures to try and mask uh, um, the, the, the areas of income and expenses. That is downright breaking the law. Mm. Um, so some examples that we see, Sangeza, is uh, tax preparers uh, who should be uh, in a position of trust uh, would promise a taxpayer that they can kind of ensure a refund for them. In order to do that, they then start uh, fudging the numbers. Uh, we've had to convict some of those uh, um, in the past. Yes. And we'll continue to uh, shine the spotlight uh, on them. Um, there's also the um, many taxpayers who are out of the country. And there are certain rules and, 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 and provisions uh, for them because we have a system of, of um, global tax. So your worldwide income is taxed. Um, and so many, many people, because they, they spend some time offshore, will also try and mask that. Um, we find significant areas, I know this is not related to the finding season, mm-hmm. but significant uh, uh, opportunities to defraud the fiscals in battery funds and in, and in customs uh, uh, duties uh, when people import or export uh, uh, goods into or out of South Africa. Uh, so it is incumbent on us to build the capability, and today technology helps us to do that because technology can process vast amounts of data in super fast time and to identify risks or themes of risk much quicker. So that's the challenge that we have. Now, to your earlier point, if, if the honest taxpayers fulfill their duty and they see that uh, the fraudulent or dishonest taxpayers, and in some instances, criminals, get away with 
not paying their taxes, it also begins to create the moral justification not to pay tax. Sure. And so we have to work hard to ensure, on the one hand, that we treat honest taxpayers favorably, make it easy and simple for them to comply, but really come down hard on taxpayers who uh, willfully uh, try to minimize the tax obligation through some of the, uh, the methods that I've shared with you. The culture of non-compliance and the culture of non-payment is pretty much starting to entrench itself. Just listen to what I'm going to read to you. Chief Economist at Economists.co.za, Mike Schusler, said the tax revolt at a municipal level would be inevitable if government does not address the issue of non-payment for services. The problem was highlighted in recent data published as part of ESCOM NERSA hearings, pointing out that municipal debt had risen to a combined $34 billion in the, 30, in the 2017-18 financial year with Soweto alone accounting for half of that. As municipalities come under increasing pressure due to non-payment, the government is instead choosing to hike prices instead of taking the culture of non-payment. Of course, you are not in a position to do that. You just have to go and fetch the money from where it is hidden. But this is, in many respects, a symptom of a greater societal problem, this culture of non-compliance, the culture of non-payment, partly also to do with the fact that government is not offering the services one is ordinarily required to pay. So all of these things are connected. So our message to public office bearers is that it is absolutely um, in our interest to ensure that public money is well spent to deliver the goods and services. We've sadly seen, as is revealed by the Zamba and other commissions, how those who are in position of trust manipulate procurement systems, they overinflate uh, demand to procure goods and services, for a simple reason of inflating the numbers to create opportunities to uh, put in intermediaries who add no value but uh, draw significant uh, revenue. And that's taxpayers' revenue uh, that is drawn from the system. And it's blatant corruption. Uh, It is absolutely in our interest. Our message to uh, cabinet ministers, to uh, public elected office bearers, and to municipal managers who spend this money is to say it is incumbent on you to be able to give good accounts to be wise stewards of that money because to the extent that you don't you mm-hmm. compromise our ability to collect taxes because you create the moral justification for taxpayers to say well if they can do it we can duck the system too so it is absolutely our business our monies are spent let's talk about Small business. Small business is being squeezed left, right, and center. And every time there's a hike in prices on anything, they are hit hardest. Is there a way in which or are the modalities that are being discussed currently at SARS to try and minimize the exposure at a tax level for small businesses who, under the climate, are really struggling? For instance, in other countries, businesses that are under five years old and have a revenue of X amount or less simply do not pay tax. That's for argument's sake what's happening. In the age of technology where businesses can be better monitored, might we anticipate a program of some sort just to give a buffer for those who are already struggling to make ends meet in commerce? So first of all, SARS do not set tax policy. We work in collaboration with National Treasury, who is ultimately the custodian of tax policy, and we administer tax policy. But I think as an ordinary South African, taking my hat off as the commissioner for a moment, yes. uh, I have to agree with you. As a, as, a, as a nation, as a country, 
we can do significantly more to simplify the tax code for small businesses, to reduce the tax burden on them, and to also be innovative about how um, we can place a tax burden on them. Obviously, tax is a blunt instrument, so there's lots of, uh, of in- incentive and investment schemes uh, that allow uh, uh, um, small businesses, but also other businesses, to benefit uh, from tax. So one of that, for example, is the, um, the employee tax incentive, which allows small businesses to create employment opportunities and to get a tax benefit from that. Um, there are other investment uh, arrangements uh, that give um, favorable deductions, accelerated depreciation. But I have to sit here and say that we can do a lot more. And as you point out, in the age of exponential technology and innovation, uh, we will certainly work with our national treasury colleagues over the next few years to see how we can um, uh, facilit- be more facilitative and enabling for small businesses because that's at the heartbeat of our economy. Large businesses, as you hear, are retrenching people. They're not growing fast enough. They're not creating work. And so it's incumbent on us to make the shift as a society. Um, and we're working also very hard in collaboration with um, new minister Patel and, and his team with the now combined Department of Trade and Industry and Economic Development to see how we can uh, facilitate that. I mean, one example I can share with you where tax can be more enabling is uh, the foundry industry, if you have time. Uh, so we want to establish uh, the foundry industry, which is a good entry point for small and, 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 and medium business. But the heart beat, the blood, uh, the stock feed of a foundry is scrap metal. And so scrap metal dealers uh, uh, don't always play the game. Uh, rather than providing uh, the scrap metal to the foundries, they would rather ex- export it. The reason they do that is for two opportunities. The first opportunity is to overstate uh, the amount and nature of the um, of the export so that um, they can um, manipulate the VAT uh, system, or to sorry to overstate the uh, yeah the exports to manipulate the VAT system, and to understate the value of imports so that they can minimise uh, rebates. And so together with uh, DTI and economic development, we are looking at strengthening the entire value chain and to incentivize local economies to grow, to create more jobs. Um, and that expands also inadvertently then the tax base and increases local revenue. And I would imagine the foundries are not the only ones who are culpable in that regard. I mean, because you're talking about vulnerable workers or vulnerable suppliers to the foundries, I would imagine the same is true for those in the recycling space more broadly, not just in the metal industry. Well, whether you take the tobacco industry, whether you take the, the scrap metal and foundries, whether you take uh, minerals and fuels, whether you take the clothing industry, what we need to do, and that's where we work with our, our colleagues in government, is to strengthen the integrity of the entire value system because tax is just an overlay on economic activities. And the more robust that system is, the better we are able to um, ensure the right amount of taxes are due, but also in the longer term, we facilitate economic growth and create more jobs, and we spawn uh, 
new industries and new economies and consolidate those that are fragile. Mr. Kieswet, a final question from me. Let's talk about SARS and the way forward. I mean, there was a lot of hope when the Nugent Commission finally came to its findings and the decision that Mr. Ramaphosa made pursuant to those findings, the stability that came with your immediate predecessor, albeit in an acting capacity, and your confirmation as the commissioner. South Africans now are looking for some inspiration. Can we find that from SARS? Absolutely, Sengo. As I said, it's going to be long, it's going to be hard work, but the rebuilding has begun. In about a month's time, um, I have committed, um, you know, around about between my 90th and 100th day, as is fashionably uh, the practice. <laughs> um, I will report to South Africa uh, to give more detail of what we have found, the work we have done, and a progress update on the journey of rebuilding SARS, uh, both internally and also to further Ghana and establish a greater level of public confidence and restore tax morality. Can we call dibs on that report here on SAFM on this very program, seeing that you have made that public declaration here? Well, if you are um, finely tuned to our announcement, you'll be right in front of the queue. Lesejo, you know what to do. We want Mr. Edward Kieswetter back when he celebrates his 100 days in office. Mr. Edward Kieswetter, Commissioner of Science, thank you so much, sir, for your time and, more importantly, for the vision and the confidence that you're instilling in a crucial state institution, SARS. Thank you, Sanjay. Have a good evening, sir. We're going to take a quick ad break before we are joined. Celebrating African excellence in Ms. Zikona Miso, a seasoned broadcaster and founder of a monthly dialogue platform in Johannesburg, in Ngogo. She hosted a current affairs show at the SABC's international platform, Channel Africa Radio, which broadcasts to the entire African continent. Ms. Zikona Miso now is in the United States of America at Bridgewater State University in Massachusetts. After the break, we're in conversation with this Mbogodo.